You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Cassie Bjork. Uh, she's the founder of Rule Breakers. She has a cool website, Cassie.net, very short domain name that uh, hopefully be worth millions to her in the future. Who knows? And uh, Cassie, thank you for coming. Thanks, Rich. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about health and nutrition. Um, I'm always finding that the person I talk to in the health world, I've noticed that they've always had a health journey themselves. Yeah, it's usually it's like a perilous journey filled with people telling them, oh, you know, it's all in your head, that kind of thing. So, you know, can you share what was your health journey leading you up to this point? Yeah, definitely. Such a good point. It's always it's always easier to be passionate about something when you've experienced it before and it's something that's really close to home. So for me, you know, I became a dietitian just because I was excited about fitness and helping people and I was curious about food and really thought that like food was one of the answers to living, you know, life to our fullest potential. So that was my focus and that was the bullseye. I just wanted to learn all about food and how it all works so I could, you know, help myself have more energy and a better life and help other people too. But what happened was um, almost right away, I was following all the advice I was learning in school to be a dietitian, you know, the eat low calorie and low fat and exercise more. And I started to gain weight. And this was so weird because I'd always been a really active person and um, never had a weight problem. But the more calories I counted and the more meals I skipped, and no matter how many, how much I exercised or, you know, I started running marathons to burn calories, no matter how many marathons I ran, I kept gaining weight. And this was so just shocking to me. It just, I felt like there was something wrong with me because I was following all these dieting rules and exercising like a crazy person sometimes twice a day. And instead of losing any weight, which is what I was learning in school to be the expert on all things food and metabolism and weight loss, I was learning all about how, you know, it's just calories in, calories out, just burn more calories than you eat and you'll lose weight. But for me, I was doing all of that and definitely wasn't losing a pound. The only thing I was losing was self-worth and self-confidence. And really feeling like, you know, a failure. So long story short is I just kept doubling down on the dieting rules, work, working out harder and eating less. And um, it, it just kept backfiring. I got hungrier and moodier and my waistline expanded. And it just kept feeling like something was wrong with me. And it really wasn't until I just quit doing all of that and really started doing the opposite, backing off of the exercise, you know, exercising less. And I said, you know, screw it with all the low calorie snack packs and whole grain bread and lean meat and low fat cheese. I just started eating real whole foods and things like butter and bacon and using coconut oil and eating lots of nuts and seeds and everything that was like off limits on the diets that I'd been on. And as a result of that, everything changed for me. 
I started to feel full and satisfied and focused and confident and full of energy and like myself again. And what was crazy was it was almost like doing the total opposite of what I've been learning in school to be a dietitian is what made all the thoughts and anxiety around food just go away. And then the pounds dropped too. It just seemed to vanish. And within a few months, I was 20 pounds lighter and really never looked back. So, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I switched to a whole foods diet and and what does that mean, though? Does that mean that you stopped going out to restaurants and you cooked everything at home? Does it mean that you went to the grocery store and you only shopped in the produce and like fresh food sections and bought nothing boxed? Like, what does that entail? That's a good question. Well, I think what it really means now and the way that I that I teach it to our clients is that you always want to be looking um, at whole, like whole foods, like foods that are natural, as unprocessed as possible, but at the same time, still living your life. Like I think part of this is people can get so obsessive about it that that can actually cause stress on your body and you can actually gain weight just from being stressed out independent of anything that you're eating, regardless of how much you're exercising because of the stress response and how the body, you know, increases levels of cortisol, which can increase our blood sugars and actually cause us to gain weight without eating any differently. So we don't want to stress about it. But for me, what that looked like was, I think the biggest thing was including lots of fat, because every diet is, you know, every calorie counting diet is low fat, because fat has more calories than protein and carbohydrates It has, you know, nine calories per gram and protein and carbohydrates have four calories per gram. So if you're counting your calories, um, if you're, you know, if you're told that you just need to eat less calories when you're, you know, output more calories and eat less calories and just go by that equation, then you're automatically going to be slashing all the fat from your diet. So for me, it was adding in more fats like avocados and coconut oil and nuts and seeds and even butter. You know, we've been told for so long, we just have to avoid butter and use margarine, but margarine is made in a lab. It's a processed food. It's not, there's nothing natural about it. And that can really cause damage to your metabolism. So for me, it just really, I think it, what came down to was cutting out all of the processed, man-made, manufactured junk. And when I started just eating real foods, I started to feel really, really good. Hmm. Okay. So, so part of it was what you bought and then part mm -hmm. of it was how you made it. It sounds like it was both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was both. And I think, you know, just not stressing about it anymore because I'd stressed out about it so long. And I think that like with the men and women that we work with who are really at their wit's end, it's like their weight is the one thing they can't solve. And they're trying every diet out there. They're doing all the new trends and fads and hoping that something works and they're working out like a maniac and restricting calories and starving themselves. And they just end up losing their mind and getting super stressed out about it. And it's really about you know, keeping stress, um, not, not, not causing stress in your body. Because one of the other things that I didn't know was happening at the time for me, but I know now is that, you know, my methodology to weight loss, it identifies the missing puzzle pieces, like the real reasons for weight gain and stubborn weight loss. And these are things that a lot of people don't really think about. We've been told for so long, it's, you know, weight is just about food and exercise, but we have to see the right. full picture. You know, that full picture includes like hormonal balance, thyroid function, gut health, sleep, stress, and food sensitivities, and all these, like our body is so complex. We can't just be looking at food and exercise. And for me, I think I had a lot of inflammation. And when I talk about inflammation, sometimes people just think about, you know, stubbing your toe or getting a paper cut. And that's, that's like acute inflammation. And that's, you know, something, that's definitely something, but I'm thinking about like the chronic inflammation that can happen as a result of 
being stressed out, eating processed foods, eating a lot of sugar, using artificial sweeteners. Um, and I think because of all the inflammation that I had going on, it was hard for me to lose weight. And the more I exercised, actually, probably the more it compounded that inflammation on my body. So what happened, looking back, is just taking a break from all of it and putting in healing, healthy fat really helped to heal that inflammation and take the stress off my body and help me lose the weight in a much more like effortless way than just being stressed out and striving so hard. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so you were able to help yourself. Uh, now you help and counsel other people or what is it like for you? Yeah. Yeah. For about the past 12 years, I've been helping men and women, you know, answer that, that question. Like anyone who's tried to lose weight and struggled to do it has really asked themselves, like, what am I doing wrong? And I learned personally the hard way. And I think a lot of people do that. Most of the rules we've been told about food and dieting are just flat out wrong. They're outdated. And actually they're heavily influenced by, you know, large companies and industries who can sustain the game from putting out misinformation. And there's a lot of rules that deserve breaking actually why we call our weight loss program rule breakers and what that really mm -hmm. means is that in order to lose weight and be healthy like actually healthy we've got to break the rules that never served us in the first place and um that's really yeah that's really what we do now and i've got a full team of dietitians now it started out as just me doing one on seeing clients one-on-one -on -one, um, in a coffee shop back in minnesota and now we've got, you know, a full program that we've helped thousands of people go through. We've got a team of dietitians that lead our clients through it. Um, we've got our own vitamin company called Real Food Vitamins. And then my main focus these days is I actually do business coaching for other dietitians who have a passion and they have a message, but they just don't know how to set it up to have the greatest, you know, impact and influence and make a good income from, for themselves without killing themselves in the process like a lot of entrepreneurs do. So, all right, so what do you see? It's interesting you coach other people that help, you know, people to lose weight and live healthier. So what, mm -hmm. is, what are common stumbling blocks? If, you know, if I become a health coach, what can I expect from the people that I, I coach? Like what, you know, how can I be a good one versus a crappy one? And what kind of problems do people have? And, you know, what are their sticking points? Well, what's interesting is that, and I think with a lot of the coaches that I work with, um, they have the knowledge when it comes to helping people make changes but they don't have a lot of the business structure and strategy so that's what gets me really excited is helping them set up their business in a way that they can they can help more people and they can scale as far as like the people that they work with um i think you know in the health industry i think the thing is people are just expecting quick fixes because we're promised quick fixes you know all over we live in this on-demand you know, instantaneous drive-through society. And there are definitely a lot of diets that can help you lose weight in a really quick way. But the problem is it's not, it's not sustainable and they don't last. And I think that's why, you know, my program has been so successful is that it's not only kind of fun and even like, you know, kind of exciting to get to eat your favorite foods. It's really freedom to not have to obsess about it anymore. But when you lose the weight, it actually stays off because we're getting to the root cause. So it's not going to come back once you lose it. It's not just like a quick Band-Aid, which is what a lot of diet are. They're just slapping a Band-Aid on the problem. And right. I think that like really the, the mindset shift around that because, you know, we're pretty upfront and honest with our program. You know, it's, it's a 12 months. It's 12 months because, you know, sustainable, actual healing from the inside out, it doesn't happen overnight. We could help people lose weight in a week or two, sure, but it's always going to come back. 
And then what happens is when it comes back, your metabolism is more damaged and it's harder to lose weight the next time around because your body just doesn't trust you and now you're compounding even more inflammation. So I think it's a big mindset shift. And that's something I work with a lot of the dietitians that I do business coaching with is helping them to help their clients shift their perspective around doing this for the long term. Because a lot of people just want to lose a few pounds really quick, but you know, doing it, making it into a lifestyle change is really what's going to be the most successful. And lifestyle change is not really a super sexy term, but it's actually what our clients come to us saying because they're just so sick and tired of doing all these diets that just leave them more frustrated and frankly, fatter on the other side when they stop doing that diet. So most people, like when they really look at their life in the big picture, they do want to you know, make lifestyle change and be able to, you know, not be restricting their body all the time. Because anytime we're restricting our body of what it needs, we feel terrible. I mean, that's why anybody who's ever done a diet knows they just feel, they feel crappy and they're probably moody. And it's because your body is actually trying to conserve all of its energy because you're not giving it what it needs. So when you actually eat in a way that fuels your body, you actually feel awesome. And it can take a little bit longer to lose the weight, but then when you lose it, it actually stays off. So it's a really big mindset shift for a lot of people who have done diets. So um, again, what are some of the steps? Do I, you know, I don't know. Do I throw out everything in my fridge and go shopping only for produce? Do I get blood work first? Do I sit and fill out a gigantic questionnaire and look at all my habits? Like, you know, there's so many mm-hmm. things you could do. What do you do first and how do you do it? What's What works better than others? Yeah, we. I mean, we always start with like a health history form and, you know, we'll look over labs. We don't require labs because at this point, there's so many red flags. Even just, you know, having extra weight on your body is, uh, I mean, I mean that's, that's a symptom of a deeper issue. A lot of people think it's just about the weight, but really that's a red flag. Even just five extra pounds can be a sign that something in your body isn't working right. And then, you know, if, if we have someone fill out a questionnaire and they've got low energy and digestive issues, low libido, skin issues, sleep problems, it's all connected. So, and food is really a great first step. I mean, I think when we're talking about being rule breakers, I always like to talk about rules that we get to break. And I think the first step that I've probably made pretty obvious already is the rule to break would be calorie counting. You just want to stop calorie counting when on a quest to boost your metabolism and lose weight and keep it off. Calorie counting is really the last thing that you want to do. So viewing food as energy and food that's actually going to, you know, energy that's going to fuel your metabolism, it's like throwing wood on a fire to keep it going. When your metabolism is functioning best, it's going to burn weight. So instead of like depriving your body, we got to get out of that dieting mindset and actually be feeding it to fuel it and keep your metabolism burning strong. And then I think as far as like what you're actually eating, I mean, I think the, the, the biggest first step would be eating more fat, eating healthy fat, because the low fat thing is just something that frustrates me so much. Um, fat doesn't make you fat and it's easy to, it's easy to picture that and think about it. But if it's the right type of fat, um, healthy fats like coconut oil and butter and avocados and nuts and seeds and olives and olive oil, that type of fat is actually going to support your metabolism and help your body burn fat for energy. And a lot of times we actually have to be intentional about eating healthy fat. Even still today, I mean, the whole healthy or the whole low fat trend started in the 1970s and it's still kind of around. It's still a little bit prevalent. We still have to be kind of intentional about making sure we're eating fat every time we eat. And just a couple of tablespoons. I mean, I'm not talking about a stick of butter here, but having, you know, guacamole with, with some veggies with your, with, with your tacos or your salad at lunch or having, you know, some 
peanut butter with a banana is like such a great snack or melting coconut oil and pouring it over you know your vegetables or your sweet potato just having a couple tablespoons it not only helps your metabolism but it'll help you think more clearly too and i think a lot of people who are dieting they feel like they're going crazy because their brain your brain is made up of over 70 percent fat you actually need healthy fat in order for it to function best so you'll start to be able to think more clearly and just feel like yourself again when you start to add in fat and then as far as like you know, what your meals and snacks look like, it doesn't even have to look crazy. I mean, I think people are just so used to skimping and eating salads and feeling like they have to drink green juice and eat kale all day long. And you can have those, but, you know, most of our clients would prefer butter and bacon and actually eating foods that kind of feel like they're indulging, but it's still healthy fats to really support your metabolism and brain and waistline. So I always tell people to think about PFC, so not, not KFC, but PFC, um, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So every time you're eating, thinking, do I have a protein? Do I have some healthy fat? And, you know, carbs are pretty plentiful, but just making sure we've got protein and fat along with our carbohydrates. So for breakfast, I mean, that could be a few eggs um, scrambled in butter or coconut oil, a couple tablespoons, and then maybe you're adding in some spinach for your carbs, or you have, you know, some fruit on the side for carbohydrates. And that's a good, you know, PFC balanced meal. You know, for dinner, it could be having, you know, a burger or a steak. That could be your protein. And then maybe your uh, your carbohydrates, maybe it's some veggies and you've got guacamole for your fat. Um, it's nothing like crazy, but it's just trying to keep the focus on real whole foods and just keep the processed stuff out. So what are the biggest levers that people can pull to help themselves? You know, is it, uh, are there any simple rules in terms of either the eating or where you're getting the food from or you know, what are some helpful guidelines for people? Because they, they always want them, mm -hmm. they need them. What are a few simple yeah. things I could do quick? Yeah, I think, I think you know, obviously, like, this is kind of the basics. Like, the next level up would be to try to have grass-fed beef and, um, and, 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 you know, organic produce. Whenever I think of produce, I was on TV the other day talking about this and talking about how, like, if you can eat the peel, you want it to be organic. But if you don't eat the peel, if it's like a thick peel, like a banana or a pineapple, the peel actually protects the fruit. So you really don't have to go organic. But if you're eating, like, grapes or strawberries or blueberries, something where you're actually eating the skin, then um, going organic is good because they do spray a lot of pesticides on our produce. Um, Wild-caught seafood is going to be the next best step. Um, but th that's kind of like, I mean, that's important, but I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the nitty gritty that it's also good to, you know, keep it simple and really just focus on trying your best to have, you know, PFC whole foods. And also I say PFC every three. So for our clients that are looking to really boost their metabolism or lose a few pounds, trying to eat every few hours, is going to be really beneficial for your metabolism. Now it doesn't have to be like that forever. But just to kind of reset your metabolism, having it's basically just having snacks between your meals can be really beneficial because what it does is it helps to stabilize your blood sugar levels. When your blood sugar levels are stable, um, that's when your pancreas releases this really awesome fat burning hormone called glucagon. So when we're first kind of like resetting, we're first working with a client, we're trying to make sure that they can, you know, keep their blood sugar stable so they feel awesome, they're on the track for weight loss. And oftentimes when we're dieting, you know, skipping meals as many times as we can is something that we're trying to do. But just keeping in mind that when you're restricting your body of the fuel that it needs, your body learns to live in that starvation mode. And that's actually when your metabolism slows down. And a slowed metabolism hangs on to extra energy and turns it into fat because it's expecting that it'll need it. 
so it you know hangs on to like these reserves of energy as fuel in case you skip a meal and that way of living is really exhausting discouraging sucks the life out of us but obviously it's also really damaging for our metabolism and can cause weight gain so starting by having snacks between your meals um can be a really good idea and snacks don't have to be anything like crazy crazy big um again pfc balance so i always like to tell people like at meals your protein source should probably be like the thickness and circumference of the palm of your hand so it might be a few eggs it might be like you know five six ounces of meat but at snack time about half of that is like the perfect amount so and it could just be part of it could be like a mini meal it could be having like a hard-boiled egg with you know half a banana with some nut butter it could be you know some grass-fed beef jerky with um i mean it could even be chips and guac that could be your fat and your carbohydrate so again just thinking about like protein fat and carbohydrate every time you eat is a really good first step and i think another step too is you know we kind of live in a world where we're saturated with lots of grains and loading up on whole grains is a really you know big um myth whole grains kind of were a health halo for a long time and if there's one thing i think that we should try to stop doing while we're focusing on eating real whole foods is is eating whole grains. Um, they can actually cause inflammation in our body and uh, help, you know, when you have inflammation in your body that can cause you to pack on the pounds. So when we're trying to get weight to come off and lower inflammation, keeping grains out is also a good idea. It's not always the most fun thing to hear, but it can be really, really beneficial. What, um, you know, I don't want to point out, I want to point out the good, not just the bad. But, yeah, you know, yeah. But. Uh, how many what percentage of i mean again you see a lot of people that that manage other people and help them so what percentage mm -hmm. of uh, any given person's clients are just resistant for some reason either they're not doing what they're supposed to when it's not working or maybe they are doing what it's they're supposed to do and it's still not working i mean how often does that come up or is that just you know it I always works depends, like on the clientele i mean for our program you know it's a pretty high investment so when people come to us they're pretty committed when they sign up because they're investing a lot to be there. Um, I think when I used to see clients, you know, when I was just working in a hospital setting and I was doing outpatients and people were getting their appointments covered by insurance, um, a lot of times they'd come in for a free appointment, but they really weren't super motivated to change and didn't really seem to care that much. So I think it's kind of the percentage will really depend on like the clientele that the coaches are seeing. Um, and I think that resistance, like I was working with one of my business coaching clients yesterday and she's got a client who, who is resistant. And my solution was hop on a call with her and figure out what's actually going on. Because oftentimes as humans, you know, when we're busy and we say we want to make a change and we're going through life, something comes up. I, I said to her, I mean, maybe who knows, she could be in a really stressful situation at work. She could have had a family member die. She might just, she might just feel like her priorities change and she just doesn't care anymore. But we've really got to kind of bring it back to our why because with anything in life when the going gets tough if we don't have a good reason to continue doing something we're, we're not going to do it and actually it was kind of cool um this dietitian she called me after after she had the call with her client and she said no it was really great she just kind of felt like she was you know she kind of went off track and wasn't really sure how to get back on track and all of her goals and everything are still the same she goes i think she just needed a little bit of reassurance and i think that's so true with anything in life is sometimes we just need somebody to Tell us, you know, you're doing a good job. It's okay. Give yourself a little bit of grace. And let's just kind of hit the reset button and come back and do this. Well, what about the strictness, though? Do you find that some people need to be really strict in order to get results? Some to be more lax? 
I mean, how much variation in people do you see in terms of how mm -hmm. these changes affect them? Yeah, the strictness really depends on how quick you want to see results. Um, like alcohol is always a question that comes up. Like, can I still go to happy hour? How many glasses of wine can I have a week? And I mean, the reality when it comes to alcohol is that it's, it, it is like a poison that your body's going to have to fight. And I'm not, you know, going to be a negative Nancy. I love, I had a glass of wine last night. It's great. But it's all about balance. And it's also about how quickly do you want to see results, because anytime you're drinking alcohol, your liver actually puts fat burning on the back burner, because now it has to focus on detoxing from the alcohol. So the less alcohol you have, the quicker your body is going to be able to heal and the sooner you're going to see results. Um, and for our clients, a lot of times it's different. I mean, sometimes we have people that say, I want to go all in. I'm just going to go all in for a few months. And then once they start losing weight and say that, then they start, you know, adding back in the alcohol or going to happy hour again. And we have other people that are like, that's just not sustainable. It's not going to fit with my lifestyle. I'd rather see changes a little bit slower and be able to live life how I want. So it kind of just depends. Um, everyone is so different. We definitely have people that you know, are just all in. But also one thing that I've noticed is sometimes when people are all in and they're, they have that all or nothing mindset, eventually they might just completely fall off um, and go off the deep end the other direction. And that's why I think having, making, you know, sustainable changes and getting to learn how to do this as like a lifestyle is so important. Yeah, makes sense. Um, how, I mean, what, so what stages will someone go through? They say, okay, I'm going to mm -hmm. do it. What can they expect the first few days, this week, first month, the first three months, like what kind of journey mm -hmm, do people, mm -hmm. you know, what's the good and the bad of this health journey for people? Yeah, so typically there's three phases. Um, the first phase we call the jump start, and the first phase, that's usually like the first 30 to 60 days for people, and um, typically what they'll see is cravings will go down and energy will go up. So a lot of times our clients come to us having cravings for sugar or carbohydrates, you know, carb foods, or, um, or sometimes alcohol. And those cravings that they have will start to really significantly go down in the first couple months, and then their energy levels will go up. And sometimes weight loss will happen in this first couple months. We don't promise it because that's, the body gets to decide what the priorities are. And, you know, weight loss is not always a priority of your body. But, um, but sometimes people, people do lose weight in the first couple months, but the weight loss really happens in phase two. And this is really a big chunk of our program. It's typically from like month three all the way until like month seven or eight. And this is where like a lot of the healing really happens. Um, we also add in key supplements that help your body lower inflammation. We use things like probiotics, um, fish oil, glutamine. This also really significantly helps with sugar cravings because you're uh, the neurotransmitters are the chemicals which determine um, if you have cravings or not, like physical sugar cravings or not, and those are actually produced in our gut. And uh, probiotics, fish oil, and glutamine are all like gut health, gut healing supplements. So that's why a lot of times people notice their cravings will go down right away. Um, and that'll actually help reduce the inflammation as well. So people will see results quicker when they're taking supplements in conjunction with eating really, you know, focusing on their on their nutrition as well. And then um, the third phase is kind of like the fun upgrade optimization phase. And that's usually towards the end of the year. For some people, this doesn't actually happen until they're into year two, because of course, it depends on how much damage we have to heal. It depends on how many diets you've done. It depends on how much weight you have to lose. The person who has, you know, 100 pounds to lose, their, their, their process will be the same. But the, you know, the time um, might be a little bit different than the person who has five pounds to lose. And also, 
it's actually easier to get someone, someone, someone who has a lot of weight to lose, they'll see results typically a lot sooner than someone who only has a few pounds to lose, which is something that um, I think can be discouraging if you only have five pounds to lose and you might not even see the weight come off until a few months into our program. But that's just the way that it works. Like I said, you know, your body decides its priorities and all we can do is give you the steps to take and then, you know, your body will respond in that process. It just looks a little bit different for everyone. Well, how often do you get someone that hasn't, the scale hasn't budged, but they, you know, I've, I've felt, for instance, like I, I feel less inflamed or I feel more inflamed, you know, the scale doesn't matter, let's say, but I could feel it like, you know, my pants will fit better or they'll fit worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's so important to, yeah, I think I, that, that does happen. I mean, I think that's why it's so important to not just focus on the number on the scale. Um, that's why mindset is such an important thing that we talk to our clients about, because in our Facebook community, so often they'll post and they'll say, this is crazy. Like I'm down two pant sizes, but the number on the scale hasn't moved at all. So it's mm-hmm. just not the best indicator for health or metabolism or anything like that. But I think so often we just get so focused on it. Um, I don't see, I mean, this doesn't happen to every single person, um, but I, but I, I do see people mention that from time to time. And I think it's really important to focus on the big picture. That's also why in our jumpstart phase, we tell them you're going to see surges in your energy levels. You're going to see your cravings go down. You're probably going to be sleeping better. You're probably just going to be having better moods and better focus at work because we're adding in, you know, these healthy fats that are supporting their cognitive function. And we get them excited about those things. So that, you know, the weight loss, that's a really great side effect. And while it might not happen in the first phase, we try to really set their expectation, expectations straight so that they understand, like, okay, I'm still seeing results. It's just not like the one main result that I came to the program for. But what's really cool to see over time is the shift in even just like the thought process um, around weight. Because a lot of times when people come into our program, they're just so, they want to lose weight so bad. And they've tried so many things and they're so frustrated. And a lot of times they don't even realize how all of these other issues they've got going on, it's all connected and, it, and how those things are going to improve. And we have people tell us like, oh, I didn't even think to mention that I had terrible back pain and migraine headaches when I started because I didn't think that would be related at all. You know, all I cared about was the weight. But now six months into the program and the back pain is completely gone. I haven't had a migraine headache the entire time. And it's just, it's really cool to see the other, you know, non-weight results that can come as a matter of just like getting your body back in balance. Yeah, I noticed when I started eating better that, you know, it took me, I don't know, three months, but all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, my allergies are like 90% Mm -hmm. reduced. That's like an Mm -hmm. example for me, an unexpected outcome. That's a really good example. I think one thing too is teaching like a a big, um, big education lesson that we like teach our clients is just to really be on the defense too with like all of the foods that are marketed to us and like I mean I mean we know like there's we know things about marketing we know that companies are doing research to see how addicted we're getting to their processed foods and how much we're buying and we know that like marketing is prevalent and out there but I think a lot of people don't even realize like even just like the story of how the sugar industry influenced our nation's eating habits and how the whole food pyramid was formed and used as a base as a basis for healthy eating for years like I had no idea how much of an influence like these big food industries had on even like the education of dietitians like my entire nutrition education and you know licensure and everything came from these companies that are spending money to 
teach information that's not actually science-based. And that was like, there were some really big eye-opening moments for me in my career as a dietitian. And we try to really let, you know, let our clients and audience know about that so we can really be on the defense making the best choices we can, just knowing that like not everyone out there has our best interests in mind. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, is I don't know, is there any new and upcoming advances or things that are going to change the game for people wanting to get in better health? Or is it just really an application of sound basic principles? Yeah, I don't think diets will ever go away. Um, I think there are more like root root cause problems that are or programs, I guess, um, that are starting to emerge, like just other practitioners and even like the dietitians that I do business coaching with. It's so cool to see how many actually have like a science-based approach because I mean like I said I mean a lot of the dietitians in school they're still being taught that you know it's just all about calorie counting that's how metabolism works just have your clients exercise more and eat less and we know that doesn't work we know that that doesn't lead to long-term results um I mean there's not even a single study to show that exercise alone causes long-term weight loss and certainly not like sustainable weight loss so I think it's exciting to see there's a lot, you know, there's more functional medicine-based practitioners and people who are more like like more naturopaths and people who are focusing on using real food as medicine and getting to the root cause of our problems instead of just throwing out a, a medication or a diet as like a quick fix. But I think that like the trends and the fads and the diets, they're always going to be there. We kind of just end up cycling through um, different ones. So if people want a quick fix, it's always going to be an option. But I think it is it is encouraging to see that there are like more programs out there that are actually taking a big picture approach and looking at all of the pieces of the puzzle, which is your body, your super complex body. Well, very good. Um, you can't coach everyone in the world. So what's what are some good ways from the follow up? Like if they do want coaching from specifically or one of your trained people, how do they find out more? Where do they go? What's the next step? Yeah, thanks. Well, Kathy.net is where the party starts. <laughs> We've got all the information about our coaching and weight loss and vitamins and business coaching and everything over there. Um, and we're actually launching some weight loss and mindset focused events coming up um, in the next year. So it's really cool to get to do business online. I love technology and it's, I'm really proud of like taking our company from a brick and mortar office to completely virtual and we can help people all over the world. But I think what's been really missing for me and what we found to be really critical to getting progress is um, is really human connection and like getting together in person and not it's not just about coaching it's not just about content but community is so key and we've got an awesome online community as well but I think just like having that in-person connection is amazing so they can kind of keep a lookout also for our upcoming um, events if they want to do in-person events and yeah cassie.net okay well very good well cassie thank you for coming on I appreciate it thank you this is great thanks Rich You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, 
Please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.